The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. And good evening, Wednesday, ready to go once again. You bet Alex Luchaferro is uh, in the hot seat tonight. Phone calls are still the same, still topics. Bring it on. If you want to send along an email, we'll try to get some of those uh, near the end of the program. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the topics we will try to get through tonight in between the phone calls, number one is use of social media in the workplace. We're talking like Facebook and Twitter, Insta, all that stuff as well. And then we'll talk a little bit about medical leaves from work when disability coverage. Your LTD is denied if we have time as the evening progresses. But always top priority is your call. So if you have questions about severance, being let go from your job, still have COVID-19 questions, you have vaccination questions as it pertains to going back to work. Do you need to be vaccinated? Is your employer trying to demand you be vaccinated? See what the, uh, the rules are, the do's and don'ts about that. It's a simple phone call. Alex will answer uh, those questions and many more Tonight, so there you go. But to kick it off, my brother, we always start off with the uh, the week that was. How are things on your end? Hey, Johnny. Man, oh, man, what a busy week, busy uh, couple mm-hmm. of weeks it's actually been. Lots of people calling us, lots of people tuning into uh, the radio show, of course, the TV show, uh, reaching more and more people, informing people about their rights in the workplace. You know, that's that's excellent, John. I'm so happy, so very proud of the fact that people are listening in, tuning in, uh, and just getting more informed about employment law, getting informed and educated about their rights in the workplace. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if this is the first time you've listened uh, to the show and you're thinking the employment law show, what in the world is this? Uh, well, uh, the, the show is about you. It's about our listeners. It's all about your job, your business, your workplace rights. It's all about ensuring you know what your rights are at work. You know, we've said it a thousand times, John, and we'll keep saying it. We spend a lot of time at our jobs. A lot of times work a lot of time working you might have questions you might want to know can your boss do this to you uh, you know uh, if they're changing your pay or they're changing your job responsibilities at work what can I do there what if your company tries to relocate you what if I'm being harassed at work what if you've lost your job due to covid what am I owed you know all of these things we address every single week right here so of course tune in and, um, you know, of, of course, any questions, please call in. As you said, John, this is a live call-in show. We're always happy to chat, always happy to help in any way we can. Uh, it's what we do, uh, inform and educate people. So, as you said, to get us started off uh, today, get us warmed up uh, and talk about a couple of matters that came across my desk uh, this week. These are two individuals, John, I spoke with earlier this week. Uh, it's, of course, uh, the segment we call The Week That Was. And I actually think the subtitle this week, John, should be Employers Behaving Badly. Uh, because I've, <laughs> I, I've got a couple of doozies here. Listen, I don't, you know, uh, I, I, I love employers as well. Uh, we can't live without them, but, but sometimes uh, they don't act appropriately. And here, here are two good examples uh, and lessons both for employers and employees uh, out there. So first matter, uh, John, uh, involved a a very nice uh, lady that I spoke with in her late 20s. She had only been with this company for about a year and a half. Funnily enough, she started working uh, at uh, at this retirement community right before COVID. So when COVID hit, she was very, very new in the job as a personal support worker. 
Uh, and very recently, this happened just last week, she was let go for, uh, from her employment for cause. Now, cause for termination is when an employer lets an employee go on the basis of either very poor performance or on the basis of some sort of misconduct, and mm-hmm. they don't offer that employee any severance whatsoever or any notice whatsoever. You're literally kicked out the door uh, with your last day of pay for the day that you worked, and that's all you get, zero severance. And the employer in this case, uh, John, alleged a bunch of wild stuff that they had absolutely no basis, no evidence to allege. This employee did her job. She had a performance review three months ago that went well. She got a good rating on her performance. And out of nowhere, the employer decided, you know what? We don't like this person. We're going to make up a bunch of stuff and let her go. Um, and no previous discipline, no warning whatsoever. They made a bunch of wild allegations. I won't get into the specific allegations because this is going to be an ongoing matter, but they made some sort of, uh, you know, they made a few wild and crazy claims and they let her go without severance. And they asked her, John, here's the kicker, you know, if, if that wasn't bad enough, they asked her to sign what's called a release in exchange for offering her a letter of reference. So they said, Despite all of the wild stuff that we said that you did, which, by the way, she didn't do, uh, we're going to give you a, an actual positive letter of reference, but only if you sign this document saying you won't pursue us for any severance whatsoever. Uh, absolutely wild, John. And, and so she spoke to me and I said, no, this is absolute nonsense. Despite the mm-hmm. fact that you're a, you know, in your 20s, despite the fact that you only have one year of service, you're still owed severance. Uh, uh, the employer has to actually prove their allegations of cause, which they can't in this case because it's simply not true. And uh, she's owed severance as a result. And her severance is not going to be a couple of weeks, John. It's going to be a few months at least. Yeah. Uh, and so she shouldn't be signing that release. Actually, no employee who's let go should be signing a release without uh, getting advice from an employment lawyer. So we're going to be assisting this very nice lady get the severance that she's owed. Uh, Don't be intimidated by your employer making wild and crazy allegations. And certainly, if you're let go, whatever the circumstance is, don't sign anything until you've you've spoken with a lawyer. And I, I think it's always a good time, or at least once in a while, to mention that uh, you may have a lawyer uh, that you know, maybe a friend, maybe a family lawyer, whatever. But with matters like this or anything concerning this type of thing, because there could be so much at stake, Alex, it's always make sure you go to an employment lawyer. If they don't want to go to your firm, that's fine, but go see an employment lawyer. This is not the uh, days of, you know, jack of all trades where you can handle anything. It's very, very specific as to the skills and the uh, and the, the necessary things that you need to know above any other t- type of law when it comes to employment, right? 100 percent. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to call an electrician to do a plumber's uh, work. You're not going to call a family lawyer or a corporate lawyer, for that matter, uh, to to get some advice on an employment situation. So absolutely, John, I agree. Uh, Speak to an employment lawyer. Uh, If you want to give us a call, great. If you don't want to call us, that's okay too. speak to any other employment lawyer uh, wherever uh, you are. It's, It's extremely important. Okay, use of social media in the workplace. This has been a uh, pretty hot topic for the last five or six years at least while we've been doing this show because it just keeps, of course, gaining momentum. And even more so in the last 18 months with people working from home and uh, they're tapped into their own uh, you know, their own social networks while they're at work doing a variety of things. But let's get into some of the more important points uh, in regard to this, Alex. And, uh, number one, can an employer fire an employee for using social media during work hours? 
Yeah, it, and you're right, John. It, it has become a pretty hot button uh, topic yeah. more and more over the past uh, few years. And and listen, it, you know, the answer to all of these questions are going to be are going to vary based on kind of the sure. degree of the of the behavior here. So you know, you you ask, can you be fired for using social media during work hours? I, I mean, the general answer I'd have, I'd actually give John is probably not unless it's to an extreme degree. So uh, you know, unless you're spending you know, lots and lots of time on social media during work hours and therefore not doing your work and being paid for something that's not productive, that is a, that's very clearly a problem. And more employers now, more and more employers nowadays, John, are actually starting to uh, install tracking software on computers and on devices, phones, etc., so that employers can know what you're doing at all times. Uh, and whether you're working or not, we've seen cases like that rise over the past year because of work from home yeah. uh, situation. So, you know, listen, it, you know, you have to be really abusing your time and, and work time to be terminated, to be fired as an employee. That said, my, you know, is that advice me suggesting that you should be on social media during work hours? No. Keep that stuff to your own personal time. That personal time can be breaks. Right, it could yep. be your fifteen-minute break in the morning. It could be your lunch hour. It certainly could be after after work. So don't use social media during work hours. That said, you know if your employer sees that you, I don't know, posted something on Instagram when you you know you were supposed to be working, that one act in and of itself is not going to be reason to terminate your so this, I mean, this next question kind of flows from the first one, and that is: Are the things you post on social media during work hours are they private? Is there such a thing as the right to privacy in the workplace? Because some people are going to say, "Well, I'm on my own computer. I may be doing work, but I'm on my own social media. It's my Facebook page. It's my Instagram page." Yeah, I, I, I certainly, I certainly understand the question. I mean, the reality is, John, that, mm-hmm. that anything you post on social media is public, right? So, uh, it, it's it's just the reality of social media that. That information is going to go out in the public, and anyone can have a look at that. And li- unless these are private communications or direct messages, uh, you know that's going to be posted online and, and go into the ether out there. And that means anyone, including your employer, can see your posts, can see that information. And you know, again, I'll, it's a it's a question of degree. If your employer catches wind that all you do all day during work hours is post on Twitter or post on Instagram or Facebook or you know whatever the case may be that's going to be a problem you're likely going to get a talking to or a, an actual written reprimand saying hey you have to use work hours to actually do work and not spend the time uh, online so no in that respect John there is going there is no right to privacy when it comes to social uh, to when it comes to social media all of that is basically public information and public knowledge, and your employer can take action uh, as a result of that. Use of social media in the workplace, that's what we're focused on for the next few minutes as we uh, get into our, uh, our our break here, a little short one, so stick around for it. That's how we do it. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. 
Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Yeah, welcome back. Employment Law Show. Alex Luchaferro is your guy. We uh, talk about the use of social media in the workplace. Pretty important topic, especially now more than ever. And if we got time, medical leaves from work when the LTD or disability coverage is denied. We can get into some of that as well. But as mentioned, phone calls are always, always priority. And uh, Don, thanks for hanging on for a moment. How are you? Hi, how are you doing? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, my wife's having a really strange problem at work. She's been there three years. And when COVID hit, they she says, I can't cover my face completely with a mask. I can only cover my mouth and my chin, but I smother myself. And they said, that's fine. You can wear that, a mask that way, and wear a shield. So she worked for about six months like that. And then all of a sudden, you can't work like that anymore, and they sent her home. So she says, I can wear a medical-grade N95 because it doesn't push against my face. They said, well, that's not our policy. You have to wear our mask, and that's all there is to it. And they're sticking to that. And they've sent her a text asking, telling her she's going to be reduced from maintenance in the sto- in the restaurant where she fixes all the equipment full time to cook. And they want to reduce her wages and want her to agree to that and wear their mask. Now, Don, can I can I ask? You mentioned that uh, when she wears a regular mask, she feels smothered. Is that an is that related to to an actual medical condition? Do you think your wife would be able to get uh, a doctor's note confirming that? Well, we talked to a doctor, mm-hmm. and a doctor says I can't give you a note like that. It's too broad of a coverage. He, he says I don't, I can't, I can't write you a note. Okay. So, so you yeah, know. A, a couple of interesting points here. So, I, I mean, if if you can get a doctor to to write you a note saying, you know, she can only wear a shield or she can only wear a shield and a mask or something to that effect, that gives you a lot more leverage in the situation because your employer or her employer would have to accommodate her in that kind of situation. Now, if you can't get the doctor's note for whatever reason, your doctor's not willing to write the note, uh, et cetera, I think the company still has a bit of a problem here because they effectively allowed this for quite some time, it sounds like. And yeah, now like, all of a sudden they changed their tune. Right. Like this has been, yeah. it went on, she worked for six months like that until one of the girls got all paranoid and told she's putting my life in danger. I can't work with her anymore. So they just sent her home and, and she's been home for a year now. Yeah, so when you combine that with the fact that they're trying to change the terms of her employment, it sounds like they're trying to change her position. Uh, yeah. All of that is problematic. That might be a change in position like that might be, uh, and even the reduction of hours, Don, uh, is going to be what we call a constructive dismissal, meaning by changing the terms of her employment in a significant way, they've actually breached the employment contract. So yeah. what I would suggest, Don, is, why don't you or have your wife give us a call uh, off air? Let's have a conversation. Uh, she's going to have a couple of different options here, and I'd probably have a couple of different pieces of advice I'd want to give her and some guidance uh, I'd want to give her. I don't think she should just continue to sit at home and wait to be called back for work. I mean, obviously, that's a problem. You're not getting paid. And I don't think she, sh- she should be accepting the job, job pay- uh, change either. So I think she wants to do something uh, about this. Have her give us a call. Uh, we can chat in more detail about it and and hopefully figure out a way to move forward, uh, whether it's with a severance package and moving on from these this employer or per- potentially we can save her job and get her back to work. 
Don, appreciate the time tonight, taking uh, taking time out to give us a call. Here is that number you want to uh, reach Alex and his uh, his crew, one 821 help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the way you reach out through email, but here and now. Gary, you're hanging on. Appreciate it. You're up next. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Yourself? Excellent, sir. What's uh, what's your concern tonight? I have a small question. It's uh, I work for a trucking company, and uh, we work sometimes over 60 hours a week, and uh, we only get paid for 55, and we have to bank bank the rest. Is that uh, like we do get paid for the hours, but we don't get paid the o- overtime? Yeah, great question, uh, Greg. So in order to do that, in order to bank, uh, let's say overtime hours. Uh, there are some special rules, at least in Ontario. I don't know about any other province, but in Ontario specifically, there are some special rules when it comes to banking and to, and to overtime pay. Usually there has to be a written agreement between the employer and the employees. And, okay. and the agreement often, oftentimes has to get approved by the Ministry of Labor in order to bank overtime. Uh, uh, oh, really? Like that. So I'd be curious to know whether that's the case. I mean, it might be part of any kind of employment agreement that you have with the company. Well, right? I don't so have no, no, there's, there's no agreement. Okay. And you would, you, so you wouldn't know if there's any kind of formal written agreement that allows them to do that. Well, not, not with me. Okay. Okay. It's something so. to look into. You could certainly ask your employer. Uh, they, they might, uh, they, they might've had you sign something. Perhaps you, you didn't know, but if there isn't anything signed, Greg, right. well then they right. need your consent in order to okay. do that. And if you I have see. an issue with that, you can potentially right. make an issue of it. Now, listen, if you get paid anyways, and it's kind of, uh, you know, you're in this kind of routine now of banking these hours and getting them paid eventually, maybe it's no big deal. But if it's, you know, if it's causing you difficulties, if it's problematic for you, or if they've recently changed those terms, uh, you know, to your detriment, yeah. well, then now's it's the time really, to make an issue. Yeah. It's not really a problem. It's just we do get paid the hours, but we don't get paid overtime, and it's yeah. only summertime work. So, well, listen, you're you're definitely owed overtime. I, th- I think for truck drivers, you're owed overtime pay over fifty hours in a work week, and uh, and even if you're banking those hours over and above fifty, keep in mind uh, those are uh, those are a time and a half, right? So make sure okay. the calculation is done is done properly. And again, if you have any issues with your employer, the first step is reaching out to them and having a conversation about it. Don't be okay. shy to voice is, your is concerns. It, yeah. Is it 60 or is it 55? I believe it's 50, but I'm going, I mean, these are pretty technical uh, uh, rules. It's the nitty gritty. So I'm going off the top of my head, uh, uh, Greg. It's something that you can certainly confirm. You can do a quick search online. You can even contact the Ministry of Labor. They'll tell you pretty easily. Uh, and, okay. and pretty quickly, but uh, certainly, if you're not sure of the hours, something to look into. Uh, and don't be shy to ask your employer for confirmation. Hey, guys, is this being done properly? What's the exact right. rule here? They have right. an obligation to pay you properly and to keep track of all of that. And if they're not, uh, that that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. Eh? Thanks, Gary. Appreciate your time. You want to have any uh, further conversation or any other questions come to mind? No problem. You can uh, reach out to Alex, or he'll set you up with one of his lawyers as well. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still got plenty of time. In the meantime, uh, fella, we're going to get back to this one: the use of social media in the workplace. I'm going to lob an easy one over the plate for you, Alex. And that is: should individuals 
be concerned about what they say about their employer on social media? It's a question I get asked more often than you would think, think uh, John. I mean, a, a lot of employees actually, once they're let go or once they end their employment, they have this urge. And I guess it's a product of social media and the prevalence of social media in society. They have this urge to post about their experience, to post about their termination or post about the difficulties they had at work, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and generally speaking, my advice, John, is, ah, you know what, you probably don't want to be posting stuff about your employer, even if it's an ex-employer. You probably don't want to be putting that stuff on social media for a couple of different reasons. Uh, John, number one, if you're still employed by the company and you are being negative in your remarks online, that can be a problem. You're potentially damaging the company's reputation. You're potentially costing them money in terms of Mm -hmm. business, and that might get you written up. Or if you're particularly nasty in your comments, that might get, get you fired. Uh, so not ideal. Now, listen, you might still be owed severance in a situation like that. Uh, so it's not necessarily a question of severance, but it might be a question of losing your job. Same thing goes for a former employer. Uh, uh, John, even if you're no longer connected to the company and you've moved on, whether you've been let go or whether you've resigned, generally speaking, I don't recommend employees talk about their former employers. I actually think it's a bad look for the individual. I think that prospective employers might be looking at those posts and saying, huh, this individual is actually you know, speaking online about their employer in a negative light. How much do I really want to hire this person? Or how much do I really yeah. want to have this person on board? Uh, I'd keep those comments to myself or keep them within your private uh, you know, social group and, and, and network and, and family. Uh, the stuff you post uh, online can come back to haunt you even though you're being honest, even though you're being perfectly truthful and maybe your employer was particularly bad, uh, I don't think it's worth it. I, I think there's a number of different ways it could come back to haunt you. No, I, I agree because, you know, whether it's an email or whether it's something online, it's written, it's not spoken, so context is not always clear. And uh, it can be read three different ways by three different people, so it's not worth it. In fact, if you're thinking of posting something, you know, in the radio, in the media business, it's always like, just step away from your desk, come back 15 minutes later, look at what you were about to hit send, and, and, and ooh, okay, you know what? It was heat of the moment. I'm glad I didn't send that or post that online, so it's good just to be uh, avoided at uh, at all costs. Hi, John. Thanks for hanging on. Hi. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. What's uh, what's going on with you? I got a question about my wife here, actually. Um, she went to the doctor, and she's like, Seven, eight, seven weeks pregnant, and she finds out today she lost the baby, and she's kind of like so emotional, and she needs a couple of days off from work. Uh, my question is, uh, is she entitled, like on the like on the day off, uh, regarding on this kind of matter from from her work? Is she entitled to get paid or anything like that if you take a day off? Well, I'm so sorry to hear that, uh, John. It's obviously a, a, a very very difficult uh, situation. You know, my, my condolences to yourself and, and to your wife. Obviously, a tough, very tough situation yeah. uh, obviously legally speaking a very particular uh, question uh, I do know that uh, in Ontario uh, it depends on uh, how far into the pregnancy you were so I think uh, uh, if and I believe that the the uh, kind of cutoff point is 17 weeks uh, so if I uh, um, 
trying to think here and, and recall, forgive me again, it's a very specific question. Uh, it's something to do with the 17-week uh, mark. And if it's within, I think if it was more than 17 weeks before uh, before the due date, you might not be entitled to pregnancy leave. Uh, but if it's, if it's within the 17-week period preceding the due date, so in other words, if you're kind of 17 weeks away from the due date or less, uh, you would be eligible for pregnancy leave. And, and I mean, that might entitle you to EI benefits, so employment insurance uh, benefits. Um, but I think you mentioned she was she was 10, 10 weeks pregnant, so perhaps that doesn't no, apply. No, 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 it's, it's, it's like uh, less than seven weeks. And the less reason she weeks, just, okay. need, yeah. Yeah, she just need like a couple of days off from work. Like she's working from home, right? For now. Yes. And she just need a couple of days work, like a couple of days off just to get her get her, her life back in normal. Right now she cannot concentrate at work, right? Of course, of course. Listen. Days. John, yeah. the days off is not a problem. All you need is a medical note. So, okay. you know, provided her doctor and and you know, this is going to be the, the you know, very easy. Uh, because there's no question she needs some time off. All you need is a doctor's note saying unable to work for the next however long she needs, whether that's a week, two weeks, three weeks, or or just a couple of days. All you need is a medical note. I uh, the the problem, I guess, is that doesn't necessarily mean that she would be paid for that time. So ideally, you'd want to also receive your pay while you're while you're off on a medical leave of absence. Okay, but- and again. Sorry, she she sent a, a quick text to her manager and they replied mm-hmm. back telling her you can take as couple uh, how many days you want off, no problem. Yeah. They understand the situation, stuff like that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's absolutely yeah. fine. I, I'm not surprised, uh, John. I mean, any decent employer would do that. The question of whether you can be paid for that time or not is a little bit different. Uh, and and again, it potentially qualifies for as pregnancy leave, depending on. Uh, how far into the pregnancy an employee is? I know your wife's your your wife probably doesn't meet that uh, criteria. If the company has sick days or you know, has paid sick days, John, she should she should definitely access that. Otherwise, it would be a question of employment insurance. And okay. I think based on the situation, if I understand it correctly, she probably wouldn't qualify for for EI, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for the info there. Appreciate it. Thank you, John, and, uh, and best of luck to you and your uh, your wife as well. 416-870-6400. Anthony, you're up next. Thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, gentlemen, I have a very, very, really different, not different question, very, um, it's a bizarre scenario. Seven of my Thank coworkers, you. seven of my coworkers were terminated about a month ago from our employment. They were using a social media site. I'm not sure if it was Signal, WhatsApp, one of those two. They were talking shop. This person's with this person, this supervisor, this, that. Whether it was good or bad, essentially, in my opinion, is irrelevant. Um, they were fired for what they said. One of the seven ended up being a stitch, took snapshots, screenshots, and went to HR, and that's how they got fired. They got were brought in for an end, in a, a meeting. My question to you guys is, WhatsApp, Signal, companies don't own domain of that. You're not on company time. You're not on company property. Even if what they're saying is bad, how can you be fired for that? Where does the privacy law aspect come in? Saying, wait a second, I'm not on company time here. I could, you know, regardless of what I said, because I don't know the specifics. I'm trying to give as much detail as possible. What I can't tell you is factual. They were terminated for talking shop 
on one of these chat lines, WhatsApp, Signal, whatever. How can that be if that's a private domain and companies don't own dominion over that? I'm confused of the privacy law. Can you shed some light on that for me, sir? Sure, sure. Yeah, no, good good and interesting and very topical question, Anthony. And there's a couple of different angles here. So the first point I'll make is, listen, any employer can let an employee go, whether it's because they you know, saw a text message or a, or a text group uh, and what employees were saying in that group, or whether it's for no reason at all, as long as those employees are paid severance, Anthony, the reason for termination doesn't matter. So the actual or the real legal question I would have is, were these employees paid proper severance? Because if they weren't, that's a problem. If they were, then they can't dispute the reason for termination. It's ultimately irrelevant. So that's- okay, then I must disclose to you that they were not paid because it's a unionized environment. Grievance was Got filed it. and it's going to arbitration. Yeah, which makes sense to me because if I was the union in a case like that, I would grieve those terminations. Now, the severance be- becomes almost irrelevant when you're a unionized employee because they're probably fighting for their jobs back, and and rightfully so. Right. In your yeah. professional opinion, sir, do you think they have a shot at arbitration, you being an employment lawyer? It, it's going to shot? come down. So, And I'll answer your question, Anthony, which uh, which is, no. The, the, again, and similar to posting anything online, uh, because the company caught wind of those messages – Due to someone disclosing them, unfortunately, uh, there's no right to privacy uh, there. They have that information. It was leaked to them. It's now out in the in the open. So it comes down, therefore, to a question of degree and of the substance of what they were saying. So how you know how bad were these comments? How bad was this talk shop? Was it terribly inappropriate, uh, or or was it just shop talk? Uh, right, so it's going to come down to the context and and the level. I'd be uh, if I had to put money on the situation, Anthony. Just knowing what I know now, I think the union probably has a pretty good uh, a pretty good chance here. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to terminate a unionized employee for talking shop like that in a private text group. Uh, although, again, it's going to depend on uh, the kinds of discussions that were being had. Any you know, a- any really seriously offensive comments uh, can potentially, you know, uh, be, you know, be disciplined to, to quite a stern degree. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Anthony. Appreciate that. You need to reach out to any further one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we'll go back to our uh, use of social media in the workplace. I want to flip over to uh, employers now. So what should, if you're an employer, what do you do if you see that there is, uh, you know, excessive use of social media in the workplace with one or more people? How do you handle that? Yeah, great, great question. And, you know, let, let's not forget, John, that we have a lot of, you know, business owners and employers and HR managers listening to us as well. So I, I always like... You know, putting my employer hat on, as as we say, and talking from an employer's point of view, employers need this guidance, need this, uh, you know, the, this analysis, this information as well. From an employer's point of view, I think you should have an internet use uh, and and kind of uh, and and uh, social media use policy sure. uh, yeah. in the workplace. And so, any employee that you're onboarding, that you're bringing on board and hiring, 
you know, you give them a copy of that policy, you make sure that they've had a chance to read it, that they that they understand it, and that policy should have in it uh, rules about what they can and can't do when it comes to internet usage in the workplace. Even if an employee is working from home in an office setting, uh, John, the laptop or, or the desktop that you're probably using is company property or the software mm-hmm. that you're using is company property. So there should be rules about what you can access and what you can't access on the internet. And of course, there should also be an indication that, you know, hey, we don't want you online, certainly on social media websites during work hours, and but also make it clear to employers that you're not crossing that line into their personal time. So again, during breaks, during lunch hours, before and after work, of course, in an employee's private time, employees are free to do whatever they wish. They can, you know, have at it on, on social media uh, as long as it's not interfering with their work time, with their productivity. Uh, that all should be spelled out uh, in an internet use policy. And if you do that, you've set expectations for employees. It's very clear the expectations that you've set. And if employees start to breach those policies, uh, and post excessively online during work hours, you should institute some sort of progressive disciplinary policy. So maybe the first time that happens, it's a conversation. Maybe the second time it happens, it's a written reprimand, and you can increase the degree of kind of discipline and severity as you go. Hopefully that doesn't continue, right? Hopefully you nip the problem in, in the bud with a quick conversation uh, or with a letter, and, and that's where that ends. I'll ask you one uh, more question before we wrap for the night when it uh, comes to social media in the workplace. You know, you mentioned uh, have at her, but what happens if there's, you know, there's trouble in the sandbox and some of the employees are getting a little out of control? In fact, they start harassing or bullying other employees through social media. How do you handle it? Well, that, that's a huge problem, uh, John. And, and listen, I don't care whether it's on social media or through text message or in person or however, whatever the medium is, there should be absolutely zero room for any kind of bullying or harassment in the workplace. And that online environment, even if it's social media, if you're posting something about a colleague, that's be, that's going to be considered the workplace, uh, uh, John, and, and that's completely inappropriate. So uh, certainly that kind of behavior should be nipped in the bud. That employee should be, uh, there should certainly be an investigation into that kind of situation. Uh, and you know that employee should be disciplined for an employer that for employee excuse me that's experiencing that if you're experiencing harassment uh, through text message or through social media posts from a colleague or a coworker you need to report that to your employer as soon as possible when you report it it puts the onus puts the obligation on the employer to investigate and to remedy uh, if you just stay silent about it and do nothing about it well then your employer uh, can't help you. So again, I don't care what the medium is. There is absolutely no room for harassment or bullying, whether it's online or in person, John. And that is a good way. We covered that topic tonight. A few phone calls as well. Appreciate you chiming in if you did so. If you want to uh, get a hold of Alex and his team now that we're done for this particular evening, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. You also have pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is a website, free, anonymous, built around what you would need as far as knowledge is concerned for employment law. Everything is there and contact as well. And if you go to employmentlawyer.ca, of course, you will catch episodes and links to our long-running TV show as well. We'll do it again on the weekend. Thanks for tuning in on a Wednesday night. Stick around. The On Point's coming right back right here on Global News Radio.
The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.